You're out of touch. Steve Vines, are you out of touch? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> proudly so. Proudly so. <laughs> Me too. I love it. I love it. So a bit of a, bit of a turn for um, things here in Hong Kong. We've got an angle on this uh, sexual harassment yeah, case Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I'm slightly surprised that we haven't got a bigger angle on it because we, we, we've had accusations in the sports field of young athletes being mm. um, interfered with by their, by their coaches. But in the showbiz side where not that I'm a great expert on Hong Kong show business, but I gather mm. this type of sexual harassment is routine rather than exceptional. It, it's sort of <clears throat> a general comment. It seems to be that it's actually pretty much around the world. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying you're, you're hearing a lot of it out mm. of the States. You're hearing a lot of it out of the, the, the United Kingdom. But here you haven't heard much. So now we have an accusation that Bay Logan, who was associated, in fact, worked for the Weinstein Company here, <clears throat> has been an actor himself. But, you know, in his role as a, as a, as a producer and as somebody who was recruiting actors and actresses for films here, is accused of sexual harassment. He, he, he's admitted... That, that, that he behaved inappropriately and has apologised for it. I mean, what's interesting is, I don't think, except for very few of these accusations, anybody's flat, flatly denied them. Mm. But the, the, the best defence that they've managed is, oh, it was all right at the time. Yeah, I've heard, I heard that from. We've well, heard that from lots of different well, people. Weinstein we? mm. tried that. Um, um, a lot of them, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm not in my first flush of youth, mm. and I was around in their time when apparently it was all right working in newspapers. I can tell you, there was sexual harassment in newspapers, and. Um, I can think of one particular newspaper I worked on where it went right up to the top. And all of us who were working there thought that the editor was a complete sleazebag mm. for doing that. It wasn't all right. So, so everybody a, knew it, but, they, the, the but he point, could just well, get well, away point, with it. That's the, mm. This is the key word, or mm. words, to mm. be accurate. The, at that time, you could get away with it. Mm. Mm. It wasn't acceptable. I mean, this is just a lie, and they're perpetuating this lie that it was okay it was sort of all right it wasn't sort of all right it was sort of all wrong it was just that nobody could stand up and say it nobody could stand up and say it and if you did you would be branded as mm. a troublemaker and and worse you know um, women who were bra who were brave enough to stand up i think in those days almost certainly would have lost their jobs and worse the worst bit is they'd find it very hard to get other jobs because the word would go around that so-and-so, oh, she's a real troublemaker, that one, oh, you know, oh, wouldn't touch her with a barge pole. So, you know, it was there was a very, very high price to be paid for whistleblowing and opening your mouth. Now people are saying, oh, well, it's gone completely the other way. I don't actually think that's true. What's happening now is that, that we're learning in the public domain the extent to which it was going on. That mm. doesn't mean it's gone the other way. And is it that, means is, that it's been going on for an awfully long time. So I guess the question a little bit is why are we finding this out now? And is, is that a function, to be honest, of social media and people being able to say things without, you know, having, having a way to get a message out which they previously didn't have, do you I think? I think there's that. I think there's the empowerment of women, which has mm. been a very major factor in this i mean you know the, the 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 days when you could just brush all this aside i mean if it was social media gives you the means to communicate it and that's very important and i'm not belittling that but <clears throat> most of the mainstream allegations have actually come through the mainstream media mm. so you know that means that we're talking about a new environment in which this stuff 
cannot be tolerated. And I think that's... I think that's generally healthy, actually. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of depressing to hear all these stories, but is it, it is healthy. Is it partly because, you know, um, the Trump effect, that because some of the allegations, you know, sort of came out in that Trump campaign, because everybody presumably was, dr- was dredging for all kinds of <coughs> dirt, that something that previously almost couldn't have been talked about, even in the mainstream media, was then talked about, and then that encouraged other people to bring those stories through? Well, I think that may well be the case. I hadn't thought Mm. about it like that. But, I mean, uh, people will not forget that in the middle of the election campaign, this is before Trump became president, there was the famous um, release of the tape with, I think it's Bobby Kennedy Jr., who, who, you know, they, yeah. there's him and Trump's uh, sitting in a trailer mm. and boasting about how they've molested various women on tape. Uh, and, you know, people listen to that and they oh, my God. I think, you know, when you're actually faced with the real evidence of this stuff, rather than he said, she said, which is always a bit difficult, frankly, people do sit up and pay attention and go, I heard that man actually boasting of doing all these unacceptable things. So coming back to the Bay Logan thing, I mean, you know, what what do we think's brought this one out? I think it's just part of the the, the women standing up and going, you know, I've I've been keeping this to myself for far too long. <clears throat> now is the time to speak about it, I, and I, I think that that it, it is a snowball. I mean, so many women have been sexually harassed, and you know, I I know from talking to friends because you know i do work in the media and it it does seem to be i wouldn't say it's it's not exclusive to the media but it is pretty prevalent in the media i do know people there who are going oh you know this is all getting out of hand and i'm thinking well you know a bit of light flirtation yeah maybe that's you know let's see things in proportion this isn't light flirtation Mm. grabbing body parts Mm. humiliating women in public um, boasting about sexual empire. that's not borderline to me it's way the other end of the line and this is what we're talking about now it is true that once you get something like this happening you will get all sorts of very minor stuff coming up and you know the, the thing is if you don't know the difference between a sexual assault and a humiliation of somebody and a bit of mildly flirtatious behavior you're a something idiot so is this the in hong kong is this the tip of the iceberg are we going to see more do you think i would imagine we would and i think it would be in the entertainment industry i mean Mm. what i know from people in that industry and i i can't claim to know a lot but i certainly do know some they say that the the um actually for other worse aspects of the exploitation of women i mean you know to the extent of of um sharing around aspiring young actresses and singers is very, very widespread and and very unpleasant. One, I mean, one thing that's interesting, and I, I'm, I'm certainly not casting any aspersions here, but uh, you know, Hong Kong has this particular way of developing talent from a very early age, you know, right through the career. And you know, one wonders, um, you know, what goes on in that in that sphere. Um, there is absolutely no allegations, you, 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 and I'm not suggesting you do, anything at you the do moment. Wonder. But, and I mean, mm. the, the the basis. The basis of the whole of this thing is people who are very powerful, people who have no power at all, but want something from these very powerful people. Now, Mm. among civilised and reasonable people, somebody, for example, comes to you for a job or comes to you for a chance to appear in a performance or something, it's not axiomatic 
that you have to sexually interfere mm. with them, mm. you might consider a fringe aspect like their talent, their ability to do the job. I mean, what's so astonishing is that, that among these powerful people is a sense of entitlement to have the extra. I'm not saying that people who've been sexually abused have no talent, because that clearly isn't true, because we know some of the people who've appeared in public and said, you know, I've had to go through this. But the fact is, there must be other people of talent who haven't got through the process precisely because they refuse to be subject to this form of harassment. And so, you know, this is big, big stuff. I, I mean, I know people are getting to a stage where they're going, oh, not more of this. Well, I'm sorry. More of this is happening. Yeah, if it's there, it has to be, uh, has to be has seen, to be has to be confronted. dealt with. If it's not confronted, exactly. it's going to carry on. Well, as we say, I think it is the tip of the iceberg, and we'll, we'll probably see some more of that going on. What else is uh, happening this week? Well, <laughs> well we, uh, what about that bridge thing again? Yeah, uh, again, so oh, so yeah, another uh, two hundred billion or something yeah, ridiculous. Uh, two billion, uh, two billion. Let's say, <laughs> hey, if the figures have got so ludicrous. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I, I know I'm becoming a bridge bore, but I, I am. <laughs> I just, I'm gobsmacked by this. I mean, I, I, I don't want to criticise RTHK, but, but today on the bulletin, the RTHK quoted as the total cost of the bridge being 41 billion um, renminbi. Right. Well, that cannot possibly be true because the Hong Kong government alone, which is allegedly paying half of the price, has had allocations from LegCo already, without this extra two billion, mm, mm. of 110 billion. So the total cost can't be less than the amount that's been allocated. But the way they... somebody's calculations not quite right. No, there. no. The, what they're doing is they're slicing and dicing here. So they're now going for the main part of the bridge. This is like saying, you know, <laughs> what well, the cost mean? of an aeroplane is just the fuselage. <laughs> I mean, Forget the wings. The wings, the engine. I mean, oh my God, you know. I mean, if you're going to add all these little things in and the seats, I mean, no wonder the price is so high. Well, you know, the slip roads going onto the main bridge, the tunnels going onto the main bridge they are part all, of the project it's all they're part. not part mm. of a cup of tea in guatemala so you know but but so th th we've got these cost overruns mm. it's mm. two years late possibly by the time it's finished it'll be three years late remember it should have opened last year um but now we've got this government going oh yes oh yes 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 this bridge is going to be very useful now i know that we previously said that only three thousand vehicles were going to be allowed to, on it I mean, just think about that for one minute. <laughs> just think about that for one minute. They go, no, no, we're going to put it up. There's going to be 10,000 vehicles given permits to use the bridge. Well, there are, just to put that in some perspective, uh, uh. there are not, not vehicles, just there are 600,000 private cars in Hong Kong alone. If you add commercial vehicles to that, the, the figure rises. Of that, 10,000 will be allowed to use the bridge but remember there's also vehicles so i'm told i mean maybe i'm wrong there's also vehicles in macau and it's just possible that there are vehicles in juhai and Go other parts well i don't they know have, they have cars there oh, i think so really I think so yeah yeah i know it seems unlikely doesn't it but you know sources say so so you know even by even if you just look at the hong kong situation do the do the math as us americans say ten thousand out of six hundred thousand is a single digit figure a single-digit percentage figure, I should say. But the point of is, 
that who is actually going to get these 10,000? Well, it turns out it's going to be all these sort of big knobs who are members of the Chinese People's Consultative, One Belt, One Suspender Belt uh, Committee, and people who've given a lot of money to Chinese ta- ta- um, charities. And, oh, and yes, and some people actually do business in the mainland. So, you know, so average is, Joe, yeah. you, for example, Me. you, I, I'm you're pretty- not... I'm You're, an average Joe, mate. You ain't getting nothing. <laughs> you ain't getting nothing, son. <laughs> but you already have to get one of these license plates that, that allows you to drive in Hong Kong and yeah, in China, and there's right? very few of those, and they're very expensive. And again, they're largely confined to people with Guangxi, so, you know, connections. So mm, mm. Um, if you ain't got that, you ain't going nowhere. You have to get on the bus. And if you have to get on the bus, you might as well be getting a ferry, frankly. Yeah. Because by the time you've faffed around with... With, with, with going to to somewhere I don't know where where uh, somewhere near the airport, uh, getting off, getting a bus, getting onto the bridge, you could have been in Central, got a ferry, and been in um, in Macau in fifty minutes or whatever so it takes nowadays. It's a bit of a mockery. I was just looking up some figures while you were talking there, and I was looking at the Euro Tunnel, number of cars that use the Euro Tunnel between Britain and France. I'm trying to think of something that's a sort of parallel, well, but and, and connects to distinct connects territories completely. Yes. And so, two point six million cars go on the Euro Tunnel train. Because remember, it's a train yeah, that yeah, goes which back is and forth. also a bit of a nuisance. But yeah, what's the figure again? Two point six million per, per year, year, which works out about seven thousand a day. Right, so this will be 10,000 in total authorised. They're not all going to be using it on the same day. Certainly not. Except for Tuesdays, of course, but other than Tuesdays. So, I mean, this whole thing... I mean, how how many times are they going to go on the the bridge a year? Maybe, you know, most people aren't going to drive the bridge. Say... Four or five times a year? Let's say five times a year. So that's 50,000 journeys. Right. If every single uh, one is used. So, So, I mean, this is... This is... This isn't... This is peanuts... <laughs> divided by you know, three. That, you, know, you know how many cars a day that, uh, that is? 136 cars a day. Cool, I'm worried about the congestion. Uh, it's going to be stuffed. I'm worried about the congestion now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, there'll be coaches. There'll be the coaches uh, as well. True. There will that's be true. the coaches that's as true. well. Gosh. I mean, so at any point that you look at this ludicrous, ludicrous, bonkers project and the cost of it, I mean, no one will come clean in the government. You ask for a total mm. figure... I know because I've tried, mm. and you'll get you'll get dissembling to the nth degree. Well, uh, you do mean a subsidiary product? You can't include the power plant. Oh, no, no, no. So you know everything can be um, chopped and divided. When the whole project started, and everybody's forgotten this now. Mm. First of all, Hong Kong wasn't paying half of the total cost. The mainland was paying the biggest share of the cost. That's all gone to the fairies. Mm. Secondly. We were reliably informed, and I know because I'm the boring sort of person who goes through the records, that, that the majority of the financing was going to come from loan financing. Hmm. Uh, what's happened to that? <laughs> Not a word about that anymore. We just pay it straight up front. Well, I mean, the reason why they can't do the loan financing is because the return was going to come to the banks. They, they were all mainland hmm. banks involved through the tolls and other fees that were going to be... Uh, generating revenue for the bridge. Well, we now know that hardly anybody's going to be using the bridge, so the tolls won't amount to much. I mean, they're talking about $150 um, fee for crossing the bridge, presumably one way. Mm. So that'd be $300 two ways. I'm quite good at maths like that. <laughs> so we might make the, make that money back in 100 years, if you're lucky. Uh, probably not. I think <laughs> you, you've got to, you've got to keep, keep a slightly bigger time span. And remember, in the middle of all of that... 
because you, once you've got a whacking great bridge like that, it doesn't maintain itself. You do have to, you know, lick a paint, possibly a bit of concrete, possibly, oh yes, they have a bit of lighting, etc., etc. So, I mean, as an economic proposition, it's something far worse than a joke because you and me, the taxpayer, we're actually paying for all of that. The saga continues. And isn't that, isn't that an appropriate thing for the day of Hanukkah? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> To our many yeah. Jewish listeners. Happy Hanukkah. No, exactly, yes. <laughs> Sorry, we, we should bring out a musical... Yeah, uh, we have um, to be a bit multi-denominational. Hmm. We should, we yes. should, and we yes, are. we are. And, and we are, absolutely. And, and, and Stevie was singing along with the words. You know all the words. Uh, yeah, now. yeah, um, um, yes, yes. She makes, uh, she makes half a million dollars a year... Just, just having these just having that song come out again i i'm gonna i'm gonna issue my own version <laughs> next year that's that's a done deal now uh, we should we should yeah we'll do, do it together we will, yeah. a duo, we will. A duo. Yeah. there you go you start thinking about the song yeah. now and uh, yeah. uh meantime i'm gonna go to ocean park and see what they're up to and uh, well <laughs> doesn't look like they're um yeah i mean before the break we were talking about how the government flings around taxpayers money mm. and it doesn't matter because other folks money and then i remembered i'm one of the other folks so i got a bit upset about <laughs> it but you know yet again um we've got the ocean park results in they've just lost uh, no, sorry, they haven't lost. They, 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 they've adjusted their figures. Oh. Or, or what is it? They've got a deficit. A oh, they deficit. call it a deficit. Nobody loses money when it's public money. So they've lost $234 million in the last year. year before that, they lost $241 million. But, hey, Ocean Park, mm. which, of course, is, you know, one of Hong Kong's nationalised entertainment parks, you are just... Yeah, that is fully owned by the government, Fully owned right? by the government. But you are sheer amateurs in money-losing compared with Disney. So, you know, uh, try harder, boys. You're just not uh, losing enough money. I mean, isn't it bizarre that in, in Free Enterprise Hong Kong, the two main entertainment... Well, the, the only entertainment parks mm. are nationalised. <laughs> yeah, how much, of, how much of Disneyland is owned by um, the government? It's like 60% or something, It's something right? like... It's a majority. It's mm. a majority holding. Um, Disney very wisely took a, took a minority stake in mm. that and then devised all sorts of payment systems so that however much money the park lost, they would still make money out of licensing and... and, and, I, and I, they set up like a franchise, don't they? Yes, so you yeah. have to pay the you fee to pay and a percentage of the yeah. actual yeah. income, I think. So Mr like and Mrs that. Disney... Um, mm are going to be fine but that of course is what keeps people up at night but back to ocean park because i can see ocean park from where i live i oh. live across the way in in an apartment i can see ocean park can you now okay you're dead posh and well <laughs> oh yes we're very posh um they are building two new hotels right on the other side of ocean park by the water not are, are they going to be nationalised as well? well? I don't know, but apparently they're going to be... There's two resorts they're building. Right. And there's a big hotel, which is by the MTR, that there's a huge one yeah. that they're putting up. Right. They're apparently building another two. I mean, these must be costing a fortune. I mean, you know, go figure. You, it, this is all... I mean, this is the wonderful mind of the bureaucrat, mm. which has always been that tourism development all has to be done in one big mega project. They're absolutely obsessed by mega projects. Mm. I remember doing an interview on oh, on an RTHK programme, no less, with Mike Rouse, who, who said to me, can you think of any other project that, uh, uh, that, that has as many visitors as Disneyland? And I said, well, yes, actually, cinemas. He went, what do you mean cinemas? I said, well, cinemas in Hong Kong, there's lots of them. They don't need to be a single project, but every day of the week they have more visitors than Disneyland. And he looked at me as if I was completely mad. But you're right. But you're right, they do. Of course they do. 
And in most places in the world, mm. people understand that entertainment isn't a matter of great, big, mega projects. They're, they're matters of self-sustaining little things that, you know, it's a cinema, it's a, a little park here, it's a, it's, mm. a, uh, it's a restaurant. Uh, to my mind, restaurants are part of the entertainment industry uh, here and there. You don't have to have it all in one place. Mm. And the idea that the state, in its ultimate wisdom, should be the people who, you know who build these things. I mean, if Disney was such a great idea, I assure you, it would wash its face. Mm, mm. It, that's how it works. You know, I mean, I understand why you have to have hospitals that don't make a profit. I completely get that. I do understand healthcare. But, you know, the idea that the public should be paying for Mickey Mouse, I'm mm. sorry, I don't get that at all. If it was so very wonderful... Why is well, it's not like it's even free? It's not like you no, know, the government's providing it for free. It's cost a fortune to go to Disneyland. It's well, not... it costs. It's very expensive to go there, mm. and I know that there are now because it's doing so badly commercially. There's all sorts of new plans for Hong Kong residents to get um, discounts. Mm. But the fact of the matter is that you know I'm not a free market fanatic, but I do understand that if a particular entertainment venue cannot wash its own face i i can't you know sustain itself commercially mm. that suggests that it it's not a great idea mm. it, it seems i don't know what's complicated about that although i suppose the the counter argument to that was that if you don't try something you never find out whether it's a failure well, or not it just seemed a very expensive way to try it's to a very <laughs> expensive way to do it i mean the other argument that they make and they the government makes and, and there is something in this is that to make Hong Kong an attractive tourist destination, you do have to create tourist attractions. Mm. But the, the, their obsession with just, you know, one or, you know, making everything else ghastly and then one or two big hits. Mm. I mean, if you go, as I do, I mean, one of the countries which I love going to is Italy. Mm. Well, I don't go there to go to a big attraction. I mean, everywhere you go, there's lots of nice little places to go. It's, that's what they have there. And, mm. you know, and funny enough, they're not run by the government. So, you know, I, I just think they this is a typical bureaucrat's mentality, is that unless it's big and we build it, it's not going to work. Mm. Letting people do their own thing. Can you imagine if, for example, they, could, they can be a facilitator? I'm not against that. So, you know, if the government could be a facilitator for all sorts of funky little markets around town, that would be a big attraction. Mm. Mm. I notice nowadays that um, more and more mainland visitors are coming to the country park. That's not a commercial exercise. Oh. That in itself is not a commercial enterprise. But it is a source of attraction. And those people who come to the country parks then go to restaurants, then go to shops money comes into the economy so it sort of spread it around a bit more. spread it around a bit and mm. don't you know don't want to run everything yourself because you ain't no good at it the f this thing about you know the, the markets is a, this kind of thing is a good idea isn't it and the, the government's in a way always seems to have been against doing that sort of thing you know i mean it's only fairly recently we had this sort of rather disastrous food truck yeah, thing. well, I mean, what a, what a Which, pile well, of well, you know, let's manure have, that's let's have half, turned out to Half be. a dozen food trucks. And that's well, and, and, and little, you know, I, what I loved about the food trucks, I'm sorry if I'm a bit <laughs> obsessed about them, because, you know, my other life I'm in the food industry, was these little prim bureaucrats sitting there going, ooh, we're going to do tests for the food truck. They've got to perform in front of us to see if the public will like them. So there's all these little bureaucrats and the bureaucrats' friends sitting there going, ooh, I don't know, ooh, this looks like a pineapple bun. Ooh, I've never... I mean... Yeah, give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs>
not and sure, then, not sure then, about the accent there, Steve, but... Uh... No, no, well, no, 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 yes, all right, I, I need to work on it. I do understand that. I'll take a slap. <laughs> but it's true, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, it's silly. It's just bonkers. Why is Ocean Park losing money? Do we know that? Why, I, I, why I are think, they losing money? I think money? because it's an... Ex- I mean, you know, I, I, I put my hands up. It's not something that interests me, so I've never been there. But, but mm. I understand that it loses money simply because it's a very expensive place to operate. Mm. And it, this is actually losing money on an operational basis. If you include the, the, the capital costs being depreciated in a way that a normal business... Oh, well, this is would, like the bridge. We're not going to include yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to... Yes, yes, I know. So, you know, um, it's a very expensive place to operate. It's a very... And, and as you pointed out, these places aren't expensive for visitors. Mm. So there's a lot of people in Hong Kong and coming to Hong Kong go, mm. oh... Oh, is that really how much it costs? I think we'll go Maybe. somewhere else next week. Maybe not. And the kids can go to McDonald's and, you know, get some health food. <laughs> Back with Steve. And uh, Steve Vines is with us, as ever, on a Thursday morning. And uh, Good uh, question. What is life? What is life? I, I've, Shall I've we do wondering. that one? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done that one this Haven't week. Haven't done that. It's a small thing. We could just brush it out. <laughs> but, 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 but maybe before we tackle that, mm. because it's such a minor subject... Mm. Mm. We'll save uh, it up. We'll mm. save it up for a, for, a, for a wet and rainy day, which will be tomorrow, probably. Um, you, you, you've got this... Um, Hong Kong is, 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 is rising in the global ratings. Again? Yes. We, we really love good. ourselves. We? We're yeah. rising in the ratings. We're rising in the ratings. What are we rising in? Ah. Oh, now that, dear. oh dear, there's a bit here of a there's a bit of a problem here. So they they have these various people who do this, all these blah 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 agencies mm. who who compare the costs of of being an expat in you know various hmm. armpits of the world, and and they've in in Asia Pacific now Hong Kong has risen three places. We're now number two, number two, number two, two most who? expensive. I think Shanghai is the most expensive mm. place to live mm. as a. Uh, 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 as a uh, as an expatriate, I mean, this of course begs the question. It all begs all sorts of questions of uh, who is an expatriate, you know, who is an immigrant, who is an expatriate, who's a mm. foreigner, who's a etc. But I mean, I suppose what they're talking about, and goodness knows, I'm no expert on this, is you know the cost of sending kids to special expat schools, schools. Mm. the cost mm. of, of of eating non-local food because you wouldn't want all that foreign muck just because you're living mm. in foreign muck country. Mm. Um, the cost of housing where you've got some sort of residence that's vaguely similar to the extremely um, palatial home that you're used to having in Birmingham and etc, uh, etc. Et so I don't quite know. I mean, they, you have to start with a lot of value judgments before you get to this. But the basic idea that, that, that to, to live what I would just describe as a sort of, you know... Um, A-grade, middle-class lifestyle in Hong Kong is getting more expensive. It doesn't come as that much of a, mm. a shock to me. No, it doesn't, doesn't really come as a shock to me, but, but I guess it... I mean, let's but think about being it. number two in Asia-Pacific, that's not too good. It's not great, is it? No, it's not great. And apparently, globally, we're, we're at number nine. Mm. And, you know, the people at the top of that list are sort of places like Angola, where, you know, everything... Angola? Why? Well, because everything, if you if you want to live a foreign lifestyle, there has to be flown in, you know, from water to, to loo roll, to literally, to everything. So, of course, it's all very expensive. I mean, maybe th- maybe there's a sort of endemic problem with uh, with, with with people that are expats, that, yeah, that um, you know, they... they don't try to assimilate at all, and they try and replicate, as you were saying, sort of Birmingham and Midlands and the UK, they've got a... I don't know how big a, a house with four bedrooms yeah. and a big garden and something. They come and have it here, and it's, it literally yes. costs ten times the price to have yeah. that. 
I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always a bit worried about this, this, this term, expat, because mm. you know, if you're a, if you're a foreign domestic worker here, you're not an expat, but actually, well, you you're are here really on, exactly. You are really because you're here on a temporary. I mean, I thought the definition of expat, although I've never actually seen it written down, but I've always assumed what it means is someone who temporarily has gone to another country to work and live. Well, that's what foreign domestic helpers do. Do, yeah. Um, and is if it... you're working on the bridge, say, well, I don't want to harp on about that wretched bridge. <laughs> there's but, always a bridge angle. But there's always a bridge, isn't there? But, I mean, most <laughs> of the people who are actually building that bridge uh. are foreigners of some description. They don't seem to be expats. They're imported labour. So, you know, but if you've got a white face and you've come from somewhere... It does seem that the expat does seem to apply to those with, with white faces, it doesn't does, it? It does, doesn't it? Yes, it's an interesting concept. I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm a bit worried about it because, mm. you know, for people like myself and a lot of people in Hong Kong who've made a long-term commitment to Hong Kong and mm. just consider it to be our home... I don't quite like being called an expat. I, I, I feel I'm someone who lives here. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same. I don't, and maybe it's too arrogant of me to say it, but I don't consider myself to be an expat. No, no. But I mean, you know, I, I... I'm not sure whether I should. that's right or wrong. Well, really. I don't know either, but, you know, I think I think people who have had a long-term relationship living here, and, and, and Hong Kong is quite unusual among Asian Pacific countries in that a lot of the foreigners who live here are here for, for the very long term. Mm. You compare it, say, with um, Thailand, where you get a lot of foreigners living there, but they don't tend to live I there I wonder if it's the same in, in Singapore. Is it the same, do you think? Well, I know they have a they have a whole world mm. called the expat world there. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I thought it's funny. In, in, in The one thing I suppose that makes a little bit of difference in Hong Kong is that you can be a permanent resident... Yes. forever whereas yeah. in in singapore i understand you actually have to renew your permanent yeah. residentship if you if you're not on the singaporean passport so yes. maybe that's makes maybe it that's different. different but does it does this but, just but, indicate but of course in, in in you know in most civilized countries in the world what happens is once you become a long-term resident you can also apply for citizenship yeah now for, for yeah. in hong kong you can in theory yeah. But but it's very, very difficult unless you're ethnically Chinese. Mm. Now, mm. there are people who aren't ethnically Chinese who have acquired... Of course, you, you know, then there's a question of what does Hong Kong citizenship mean? Actually, you're a citizen of the People's Republic of China mm. in the Special Administrative Region of Hong Kong. And if you say that without hiccuping, you're doing quite well. Um, so, you know, it's all very complicated here. So maybe we need to redefine what is an expat. It, we, I think we do. I, I don't like the term much. Mm. I don't like... Uh, it's very... I mean, I love the debate they're having in Britain. <laughs> I mean, this kind of exemplifies it. So they talk about the rights of British expats living in Spain and what have you when Britain comes out of the European <laughs> Union. And they talk about foreigners in Britain <laughs> when, it, when the shoe is on the other foot. I know, now, it's I'm crazy, thinking, isn't it? I'm thinking... Mm, what's the difference between a French person living in London and a Brit living on the Costa Costa Plenty in Spain? I don't know, but no, to my mind, they're both a bunch of foreigners. They want, they want all the benefits without being in the midst of it all, but yeah. um, uh, it's a strange thing. But well, it is actually a well-known fact that Br Britain is never a foreigner abroad. It's the foreigners oh, who oh, are foreigners. Oh. Foreigners are perpetually foreigners. Mad dogs and Englishmen. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Steve Vines is here every Thursday evening. Thanks very much, Steve. Uh, Thursday you. morning, even. Morning, possibly, yes. Maybe evening as well. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you.